3: As if Washington, DC doesn't prove it, only the good die, young. Huh? Gilbert Godfrey die. I love that son of a gun. Yes, the Aflack duck, but far more than that. A comedic. Genius, Gilbert Godfrey. I loved him. Great documentary. I highly recommend you watch it. After all, you're gonna have a lot of time on your hands. As you can see by economic numbers, failure is in your future. Tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. And yes, I've heard all the talking points, but I'm going to do what I like to do, which is prove the so-called pseudo-intellectual, highly educated men of letters completely wrong. You're completely wrong. And it's the stupidity of following the advice of these idiots that not only has destroyed the principles of Americanism, but will lead to massive, massive failure until they are removed from decision-making. Just the way it is. You're going to have to throw out every rat bastard Democrat you can. You're not safe if they're in a municipality, as New York just shows. Two things. Number one, public transportation sucks. And number two, New York is more dangerous than Kiev. Oh, it is. Uh, It seems to be chaos right now. Absolute and total chaos. With all of the money, with all of the video cameras, all of the surveillance, all of the collectivist, massive government, all the Democrat leadership, and it's terrible. And, of course, it'll be somehow our fault. And by our, I mean anybody who doesn't support the incompetence of these Democrat pseudo-intellectual Fabians who have destroyed society everywhere they rule. So we've got the clips. Let me, uh, let me get my favorite guy. Favorite guy. There's no Rick Santelli. I absolutely love him. I was lucky enough to uh, know him before he got super famous, and he used to smoke cigarettes like a fiend. Worst breath at the mercantile exchange, and that's saying something. But I love him. Great sense of humor, and he has a way of putting things that I really enjoy.
2: Now let's go to the year-over-year year numbers. 8.5% uh, usurped, 7.9%. 8.5% remains a 41-year high. You have to go back to 1981. And finally... We're looking at year-over-year core, expected up 6.6, comes in at 6.5, taking out the 6.4%. So up at 6.5, we are now looking, once again, to comp back to 82. That remains the
3: same. So that, first of all, we're getting numbers from pathological liars called government agencies. That number you're getting is cooked. It's far worse than that, And just to give you some idea. Gas is up 48% in a year. Electricity up 11.1. Meat, poultry, fish up 13.8. Milk up 13.3. Eggs up 11.2, the rare egg. Used cars, 35.3%. Cars and truck rentals up 23.4. Airline fares up 23. And that's just getting warmed up. The reality is it's going to get worse because their plans are worse. The dimwit. What do I want to say? Joe Menchia. Let's call him Joe Menchia. Proving it takes a great man to overcome dementia. Joe Biden isn't one. He's just a prophetic liar. As he doubles down time and time again to make you think he lived like you. He is the son of a used car swindler. He is His life is a legacy of fraud, failure, and corruption. But he wants you to believe he's, he's a kitchen table Joe.
4: I grew up in a family, not a joke, where if the price of a... The- a gallon of gasoline went up. It was a conversation at our kitchen table. It mattered. It mattered with my mom and dad. It made a difference. We
3: felt it. 1925 to 1975, gallon of gasoline cost under 50 cents. Not only that, Joe Biden's father was a swindler who was rich, lost some money, then borrowed it from the rest of his family, including his in laws, and squandered that away, drinking and gambling, which is why Joe Biden doesn't drink. Probably his only quality that i like other than that he's an absolute and total incompetent boob who has destroyed my country and continues and promises to do more as his answer to his very failure is more subsidies more failure in ethanol Ooh, get this you get to buy ethanol as if you love it right you love that 15 percent ethanol that ruins everything it touches not to mention the subsidies in the corn business drive up the price of everything so as they continue to promote this stupidity You're going to continue to suffer under the regime of corruption and failure in the Biden administration. How this imbecile isn't impeached every day goes to show you that the feds are in on it, too. Yes, they are, because this imbecile should be ripped out by his collar before he has the ability to continue to spend more money. Now you got infrastructure, infrastructure decade, 10 years. So what he's promising is more and more and more money into the ethanol game. Now, the ethanol not only destroys your engine, which it does.
5: Well, the debate rages over the benefits of putting ethanol in the fuel of our cars. As
1: 11 News reporter Chris Clackham explains, critics have already concluded ethanol is doing more harm than
6: good to other types of engines, the engines we use in our everyday lives.
0: As Americans make the transition from this
7: to this, there's something you need to know about the ethanol that's likely in the fuel for your small engine. Adding alcohol, ethanol is an alcohol, adding alcohol to a
3: fuel dramatically changes its shelf life. And it rots your engine. So the answer to your problems is a rotten engine. Because by hook or crook, they're going to get you in that electric car scheme. They're telling you what's good for you. They're going to destroy the quality of your car as if the, if you drive a union-made junk. It's already destroyed. However, this... We'll put the nail in the coffin. And in the meantime, we know exactly what the ethanol subsidies have done to the cost of everything, which is to raise it. For each gallon of gas replaced
2: with ethanol, we pay $1.78 in subsidy. But at least our money stays in the country. It makes me feel good. I'm keeping the money in America. All these programs are designed to make people feel good. We're going to help the farmers and we're going to hurt the foreign oil producers with ethanol. And we don't look at what is not seen, which is
1: the rising price of milk and the excessive amount of fertilizer and fuel that was
3: used to produce this additional corn. Oh, yeah, I like that he did this in Iowa, which is the prime example of government welfare by another name: subsidies. Their corn prices make the cost of everything red. Raise everything go up. And their answer, you should have known, wouldn't be to go back to the economy we had prior to the Marxist mafia usurping the office. It's going to be more of the same. It's the same exact story because it's the only answer they have. And it's that answer I want to talk to you about. Because they've got you believing that if they jack up interest rates, it will slow down the inflation. So as they talk about CPI, as they talk about inflation and they talk about this magical year of 1981, I want you to think about something. That is when Reagan finally took office in January of 81. That's when he took office. Okay? What he did immediately is cut the 16.39% Fed funds rate. That's what the Fed funds rate was. Now, why in the world... If raising the interest rate is the answer to inflation, would 1981, 1980, 1979, 1978, 1977, 76, all record interest rates, why was there inflation during that time? And the answer is moronic policies by Democrats and corrupt Republicans. Yes, Richard Nixon, the worst of the Republicans up until George W. Bush. That's just the fact. So what they've got you believing now is exactly what created that inflation along with similar subsidy policies. So the idea that you're going to be transitory or that this is going away, it will never go away until the Democrat Marxist mafia is taken out of power, their bureaucracy stripped of power, and shrunk into a reasonable, reasonable size. Because while all this is going on, they're running massive, massive expenditures At the IRS, $177 million in overtime last month. The jobs that they tout are jobs that they hire. The money that they spend is taxes they have to tax you in the future and debt you're willing to accept now. So when they get on Professor Jay Siegel and he tells you, oh, it may go away, I'm here to tell you, until you throw out these rat Democrats, you are going to live in futility let's welcome in professor jeremy siegel of the wharton school it's good to see you again i mean that really is the question you have been among the loudest people out there inflation 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 the fed's gonna have to be way more aggressive than the market thinks well gunlock now says inflation's peaking and others have said it too what do you think well i i think you know eight and a half percent year over year that might be the peak but I think there's going to be 6%, 7% year over year for a long time. By the way, I think Stephanie had it at the top of your program in in terms of of, uh, there's a lot of very uh, negative forces uh, for inflation in terms of making inflation worse. I mean, we see oil above 100 again. I'm particularly worried natural gas, which
2: is almost doubled. And I'm talking about February 23 gases, when it's really
3: used for heating it's almost doubled. Used for electricity also. Uh, if you take a look, at, as Stephanie mentioned, at the rental indexes and the home ownership indexes, they're only up 4 or 5%. Because their answer is the wrong one. Raising the rates is exactly the wrong thing. If you want to stop inflation, it's quite simple. You actually make it easier for businesses to be created, businesses to grow. You don't manipulate the way in which they pay their employees, and you certainly don't spend more money on a false subsidy of ethanol. It is the exact wrong thing to do, but it is the only thing that diapers Biden is capable of doing.
4: Folks, the list goes on. I'm starting to bore myself here, but this is important stuff.
3: You're boring everybody. Now, why don't you just turn yourself in, as an asset of foreign adversaries who are benefiting tremendously, tremendously, all of these policies benefit who? The Saudis. You know, we don't talk about the Saudis anymore. I said a long time ago they're collaborating in the dethroning the dollar. How many people are aware they're making fun, rightfully so, of this moron that people elected? Some living, some dead, some not real. And that ballot harvesting nonsense.
7: But first, let's quickly check in with the leader
1: of the free world. You have to go to offshore to get this. This important message to impart.
4: Imagine had the tobacco industry been immune to being sued. Come on. In February, the families of nine. (laughs) This
1: is what he said, word for word. Imagine had the tobacco industry been immune To prostitute being sued? Come on! It's little wonder that he's become the subject of mockery around the world.
3: Even the Saudis are doing comedy skits on the... Now, who knew the Saudis had comedy TV? I don't remember any notable Saudi comedians, but they have a bright future. Cognitively impaired president and his Veep. Check this out.
8: Yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin.
1: Putin. Listen to me. I have very important message
8: to you.
3: The Saudi guy dressed the like that.
8: The message is. And the president of China. Oh, he didn't
3: finish Russia. No, sir. You know, they should be making fun of him. They should be laughing. They should be celebrating. Because their countries are not experiencing. The turmoil, economically, we are. In fact, their countries are making more than ever. And you want me to believe it's not because he was bribed to destroy this country and destroy its economic strength? It does explain his policies, and it's the only thing that explains his policies. Policies of corruption. Policies of incompetence. But policies that were paid for by foreign adversaries that are benefiting today. 312-642-5600. AM560 this is uh, the broader point to you and i this is a failure right we pay it we work to the government that likes to backdoor nationalize life this is a success and we are right on track so the excuses of it's putin's fault and all that it's propaganda and i will not entertain it it is bald-faced lies And I will prove how they protect it. Did you know those little gas stickers? We all saw them in the beginning, right? I did this picture of the moron with diapers, that stupid look on his face, like everyone's clapping because he went to the bathroom by himself. The moron pointing at it. Those would be on every gas station, except the government. The government leverages both the corporate oil companies that are subsidized eight ways to Tuesday by letting them keep their own money, and cities that derive their money to fine gas station owners. Did you know that? Oh, it's true. And some places in the country, it's $1,500. Now
0: that war is sending oil prices skyrocketing and as gas prices surge in response, some people are voicing their concern with a satirical sticker at the pump.
5: Right there, Nicole Zedek joins us live now with how a small sticker is causing big problems for local gas stations. It's this little sticker that's popping up across gas stations all across North Alabama. It's a picture of Joe Biden, and they place it next to the high dollar signs, and underneath it says, I did that. And while it might seem like a funny political message to some, it could actually cost the gas stations a fine for vandalism. Think about that.
3: If the gas station, what if the gas station wants to put it on there? What if the gas station owner is fully aware, let's say he's smarter than the average Democrat, which isn't hard, And he understands that the reason the gas prices are shooting up are political policies implemented by corrupt scum like Joe Biden and his administration, like the Democrats in Illinois that don't want you to know they're taxing you 80 cents a gallon like that. And he says, look, here's the reason you're paying this. Now the government comes in and finds them or they use their leverage over the corporation to find them. See, they have to hide the information, which is why I will not play their propaganda clips of pretending that this has anything to do with putin what it does have to do with is the corrupt oligarchs bribing joe biden to make the kind of decisions which have destroyed the quality of your life and after all there are the same people who are unaware that when this idiot grew up the price of a gallon of gas never was above 50 cents ever it wasn't until he was elected a senator where he could implement his policies that drove up massive costs on the American people, just like today. Victor, Midway.
1: Hello, Sean. How you doing? Good, buddy. Uh, This is kind of like what Trump was telling all these countries before, about pitching in, paying their their fair share so they could defend themselves. I mean, we just gave hundreds of billions of dollars in weaponry in Kabul. Now we're doing it again in Ukraine, to a, a pretty much a corrupt country with Zelensky, who tried getting Trump impeached. And then now that's where all the trafficking goes through. That's where all the money laundering goes through. So when we pass our policies, you know, they get their kickbacks
2: coming through. It's Ukraine, going directly you know, to the money pockets of tax Ihor,
3: dollars. Directly in the pockets of Ihor Kolomoisky, who has his money in Cyprus, who is well protected, and who is getting what he paid for when he bribed Joe Biden. Now, I don't even want to pretend that that crack smoker was on the board of anything. He's a bag man. It was a bribe, and it worked perfectly. And the plan of the Democrat mafia is working perfectly. The problem is it's harming us, the good, honest people, as it always does, which is why you better be careful here, Victor. You know why? (laughs) I have on the studio NBC News, and they just said the magic words, chemical weapons in Ukraine. (gasps) No one wanted to look at the white armbands that were on the people that were laid out in the street. Nobody wanted to look at the fact that, gee, they seem to have been going north. Nobody wanted to listen to the Americans, to the Australians who volunteered to go fight in Ukraine, who were told if they don't listen and and follow all the instructions by the Azov Battalion, they'll be shot. Nobody wanted to talk about that. So now we're just going to fund, or are we just going to do what they bribed Joe Biden to do? I think so. And I love the fact that Saudi Arabia, who is supposed to be the answer of our problems, uh, you know, aside from the ethanol, is making fun, rightfully so, of this 80-year-old dimwit.
4: I was in foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping.
3: Yeah, and that's where you cut a deal to sell out my country, and it worked perfectly. Franco, Chicago. Yo, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you, Franco?
1: I'm doing all right. So here, I want to throw this out there. I know it's a little off-topic of what you're doing, so... Listen, the new polls came out for Biden on his approval rating, right? 71% disagree with the way he's running the country, right? That's not bad. So there's basically 30% of the people out there think this joker is doing a good job. So I, I'm, I'm telling you, Sean, I'm kind of having a little mental issue here because when I go out in the public and I see 10 people, I know three of those people think that this
3: moron is doing a good job. But yeah, who so- are these people? Well, my answer is to stay away from them. The other answer is they're the farmers in Iowa clapping. They're the union workers that are being paid off through the corruption clapping. They're the people who are in the phony industry of green energy. He's paying off the mafia. And my problem, Franco, is I think that number's low, 29%. I think I, I, that I we're the minority. I think more oh, yeah. people are in on this scam. And when you see the, the, the plan is to get more people in on it, what a better way. Than paying off the uh, college education of people who don't want to pay their debts. Sure, this is the sure. problem, never, Franco. I think it's bigger than twenty nine. I think we're the twenty nine percent.
8: Well, I mean, and, and you look at it as you know that there's these people out there with their hand out, right? This yeah. is this is this is the presidency of put your hand out, don't do anything to move forward in life. We're just going to give it
1: to you, and, and basically, it's it's forcing people to become stagnant because that's what they're doing. They're that's not place. moving forward. They're not. They're not projecting their life in any positive way. They're looking
3: and voting for what they're going to get free. And And in the end, it's I went long with you, Franco. Don't be mad. I got to go, brother. Oh, no. The problem problem we have is that we keep turning to our abuser for help. I'll be back after this. I'll take the rest of your calls. 312-642-5600. AM
9: 560. The answer.
3: The Democrat Mafia's capital, if it had one, and it does, is Chicago, Illinois. There's a reason Saul Alinsky, who ended up dying in Carmel, California, in a $2 million mansion. But he set up shop in Chicago. Oh, he did. We are the communist capital of America. There's no question about it. And the old Irish gangsters managed to co-opt that movement. And that's how you had a yard gnome like Mike Madigan, the most successful crime boss in American history, in world history, as far as I'm concerned and his allegiance of sycophants. I believe every one of these Illinois Democrat rats are mafia members, there's no question. I can't help but notice in Congress, whenever there's a real bad idea littered with corruption, there seems to be all the Congress birthing people, and others who could be birthing people, like Brad Schneider, supporting it at the the hub of it, bringing home the bacon, always cutting themselves in the action. Good news is, There's good people that want to up in that. I have one on the line. His name is Joe Severino, and he is trying to save Illinois as opposed to move out of it. One of them comes with a tan. The other one comes with hair loss. Joe, how are you?
1: How are you, Sean? Thanks for having me on.
3: Well, I wanted to have you on because I, I, I hear a little murmur that Brad Schneider not only has a problem because the policies he supports are littered with failure and corruption, but it seems that his legacy is littered with failure and corruption. Is that not true? It, 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 absolutely.
1: Uh, as of uh, actually tomorrow, we have a hearing. Um, he 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 uh, uh, he passed out, or had circulators go out collecting signatures uh, on fraudulent uh, uh, petition sheets, as well as he filed a, a false statement of candidacy uh,
4: form it with
1: the State Board of Elections, which is, a, uh, you know, in conflict with Illinois law, therefore, just on its face, it should disqualify him from being on the ballot, and we're challenging it.
3: I love this, Joe. I really do. But you you, you do, yeah. I mean, you are aware and you do know that we elected a Congress birthing person who didn't mm-hmm. have an Illinois driver's license, and the address she said she lived at was her mom and dad's that she didn't live at, and now she is a Congress birthing person from Illinois. Her name is Laura Underwood, and she is celebrated almost as much as Brad Schneider by the Lauren, excuse me, by the Democrat Mafia. Um sure. Well, you know, do you think this is even matters, matters in Illinois? Celebrated. That runs on corruption.
1: Yeah. He, he, here's why it's uh, dissimilar, and they try to use the Rahm Emanuel case as well. It's dissimilar because he actually never lived in the home that he postured as if. Uh, he resided in as he uh, collected his signatures so he uh, uh, he duly uh, he signed where he duly swore and affirmed that he brad schneider resided in that address in highland park well there's a two-pronged test there sean one you have to leave your previous address uh in order to overcome that burden number one and number two you actually have to have a physical presence there he had neither we uh, we uh FOIA'd the uh, city of highland park we received a conditional occupancy that was post our filing therefore he never had legal uh, legal right to occupy the property i spoke to uh, illinois gop leadership don tracy the other day he said this is unprecedented even the lefty reporters with the Tribune said, this would be historic. The case is so different. And in Illinois, there's never been a a sitting congressman that's been removed from the ballot. And we have the strongest chance it's ever been, uh, you know, heard in front of the the election board.
3: You know, I I, I have such little faith in the Illinois Democrat because the evidence has been so clear for so many decades. I think this is a great chance. (laughs) I like the idea that he could be removed. And at least now... You know, you've been out there and you have policies that seem to be um, get a warm reception from the 10th district. Is that not true? That's
1: very true. What's happening right now is we are not we're not creating enemies as we go along. We're uniting people. We're 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 finding the issues that are joining people together and blurring the political line. And right now, you know, I gave a talk the other day, I said, you know, what's happening out there, whether it's the 10th district, the 2nd district, people aren't angry, they're hurt. They've been let down for a very long time by Illinois politicians in our federal uh, government, and there isn't anyone there standing genuinely in their defense and actually bringing the reality of what's occurring around them. I plan on doing that. They find me to be genuine when I deliver the message, and that's why it's resonating well right now. It's our kids that are in harm's way, whether they're being radicalized at school, indoctrinated, being uh, groomed with sexual material in these schools or by educators. Or we have legislators that are good people when we elect them and they go to Washington and they get radicalized there. We just need people that are willing to fight and remain authentic through their candidacy and really bring the, the issues uh, as they exist back to the district. I say that I'm going to bring our our voice to Washington rather than what Brad does, Brad Schneider, he'll bring Washington's voice to our district. And I then love. he will want to implement and influence all these radical agendas rather than doing what's best for our community.
3: Well, he's a rubber stamp step and fetch for the collectivist Marxist mafia. That's all he ever was. That's all he ever is. He, he, the problem is you get very powerful and you get very rich doing this. I love the system of government we're supposed to have, which is the Congress elected every two years. And the reason is you're closest to the people. You are supposed to be the most interactive, the people who, are, who run for Congress, with the people yeah. at home. Yet so many of these people. Don't ever go back to the districts except when it's time to raise money or pretend they live there or run for re-election. So I'm wishing you the best of luck. But um, before I let you go, I have the benefit of meeting you. I've met you uh, a couple of times. And um, this is important to you. And you didn't necessarily set out to be a congressman. Isn't that uh, the case?
1: That's true. I I, I was in the business world for 25 years. Uh, After growing up in Cicero, literally fighting every day of my life, Uh, And I mean, fighting every day of my life without exaggeration, unfortunately. Uh, And then, uh, you know, with proper coaching and mentoring, I found my way. I was able to, uh, you know, from a thousand dollar check for my father, create the largest parking hospitality company in Illinois, singly owned. From there, I went to Harvard Business School, went to law school. I did a lot of great things. And because I was so humbled by all the blessings I've had in my life, I decided to start a children's foundation, which I did. I founded and funded it. And when COVID hit, uh, it didn't give the kids opportunities to get together anymore. And I thought, how could I serve the community in a greater way? And then the idea was Congress. I, as you're saying, Sean, have that old-world vision of being a congressman. Literally like the old commercials where their sleeves are rolled up, they're out there meeting the people in their district, serving them, and and that's the idea of our candidacy. We're going to be authentically out there supporting, inspiring. Uh, I'm not going to get paid for being a congressman. We're donating the salary back to the district. We're going to find 10 not-for-profits and give it to either – minority, veteran, or uh, women shelters. Uh, I don't want to get paid as I go along. And I think people will find it to be refreshing. Uh, you know, our candidacy is uh, fresh ideas. And we're going to move forward together with fresh ideas. And I believe we're going to be very effective.
3: I know something else about you that's made majorly important that the people know. And that's the reason that this is so important, is that you have how many kids, Joe? Oh, I had five children. <laughs> five kids, huh? So, boy, oh yeah, boy. I five. <laughs> Religious, four huh? Four girls. Four girls. Four so, girls? I love, love that. Yeah. And the reason yeah. that I like you is that we share an acquaintance, and you were very instrumental in helping his family after he passed away. Um, sure. A kid that I know for since he's a little kid, he passed away, and you helped with... His son and I am forever indebted to you, but I do have a problem with you. When my wife met okay. you, she thought you were very good looking. So listen, I'll help you, but you stay away from my old lady. We got a deal?
1: <laughs> I appreciate the help.
3: <laughs> All right, wonderful. And where and can I, the people thank go? Thank you
1: very much. Yeah, and, and Sean, if I can, if anybody wants to support our campaign, it's SeverinoforCongress dot com. com You can go there, make a contribution. Every little bit helps and I definitely appreciate it.
3: Well, I support you wholeheartedly. The, the bad news for you is I don't live in the 10th district. However, from your old neighborhood, that's really not much of a problem. I'll just fly in and vote a couple times. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't promote any of that. And, in fact, oh. they should remove Brad Schneider because he promotes that kind of system. I want to thank you for running. I wish you the best. Illinois needs a good outcome, and you're the right guy for the job. So thank you very much, Joe. Severino for congress.com. Thank you. Thank you, you Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Bye-bye. My pleasure. We'll be back with your calls after this.
9: AM 560, the answer.
3: Wow, look at this. Turns out a bird took a Durban on Joe Biden's shoulder. That's awesome. All right, let's go to the lines. Peter, West Chicago, did you happen to see the bird take a Durban on Joe Biden?
1: No, I didn't.
3: I missed it. Go on Uh, YouTube and see But I'm
1: sure after that happened, he probably did one in his own pants.
3: Yeah, that bird must be paying for the corn uh, about, subsidies. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Anyhow, about the congressman that uh, didn't get the signatures uh, legally um, yeah. or supposedly, um, uh, I, it brought back the uh, memory of the uh, mayor of Chicago who put a dress in the basement and claimed that he lived there and used that as uh, his residence when he the- ran for uh there. Yeah,
3: the basement would have been believable that. because he's about four foot three. He put it in the attic, yeah. which makes it even more difficult for that little tiny yard gnome oh, to get to. Oh, oh. Yeah, he forgot it was there, yeah. and that was evidence that he was running. And, you know, the Chicago Inn ate it up, and they loved it, because to the Chicago wannabe gangsters, that is an attribute, not a detriment. This is how they view it. That's why when Lori Lightfoot, in her mentalist costume, when she walked into that hot dog stand where they yell at you, they were all excited to see her because the Chicagoan is not only a willing slave. They are a step-and-fetch vote for the mafia. They like it that way. So I think he's got an uphill battle. I hope so. But let's not forget the judges that he's going before probably know Ed Burke's wife. Thank you very much, Peter. Hate to ruin the optimism, but I'm a realist. David Lansing.
8: Hey, Sean. I have three disadvantages to using ethanol
3: you got 40 seconds, so um, spit it out, Garrett. Kidd. <laughs>
8: um, number one, for you environmentalist Democrats, it creates more smog than regular gas pound for pound.
3: They don't care. Uh, That's why they like the bombing yeah. going on in Russia. Go ahead.
8: Okay. Well, they like to save the animals by, you know, y- y- using corn, and maybe that'll, you know, um, uh-huh. they like to eat plants instead of animals. So your plant prices are going to go up, Democrats, because... The price of corn will go up as ethanol is being used.
3: It's true. That's about it. Thank you very much. That reminds me. I hate continuing Ed for real estate because there's always that guy that wants to ask questions and jam up the class. We'll be back after this.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now...
3: Not only is it an economic failure, it has consequences that are devastating lives. It has never enhanced anywhere it's been implemented. I remember in the beginning when Barack Obama was running, and he was running on this idea of a utopian, altruistic healthcare system. I had always paid for my own. I knew that my $585 monthly premium was going to shoot up, Even I didn't estimate it would go up 400% and people would get used to it. We also knew that it would have real ramifications. 50% of doctors would quit. 50% of hospitals would go away. The reality is that we can't quantify necessarily how many people were affected by that. But one who is putting up a fight may be able to change things. I saw him testify before Congress. Of course, when it's your child, you'll do virtually anything. Christopher Briggs embodies that. Christopher, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It's an honor and a privilege.
3: I am sorry that you had to go through this. It is something that is devastating, but I like the way you fight. So can you tell the people a little bit about your story?
1: Yeah, so the long arc of my story begins back in 2004 when I decided that I wanted to realize my version of the American dream. I want to set up my own consulting firm, do communications and fundraising and i i did it and you know i i had a reason to think i could succeed at it because i did one thing that all families would do in my in that situation i i checked around the healthcare marketplace and found out that in fact i could leave my corporate job and get uh great health insurance i mean there was so many plans i had to bring in an insurance broker every couple of years before the aca kicked in to tell me you know what the plans were and and what the benefits you know uh, could be so we, we made the jump i was live in the American dream, and in 2010, the Democrats passed this awful law called Obamacare, also known as the Affordable Care Act, and I turned to my wife, and I said, there is no way they're going to socialize the insurance products market here, and uh, we're going to keep our doctor, keep our plans, and things are going to get cheaper. I said, we're going to lose our doctors. We're going to lose our plan. Everything's going to get a lot more expensive, and that's precisely what happened. In 2014, when this thing went into effect in January, within like three weeks, we got the first letter from our provider. It, it was a plan we'd had for years under Anthem, and we loved it. It was great. Um, we have a big family by design. I've asked no one's permission to have as many kids as I've got. I've got nine kids and I asked for no one's help. Um, and, uh, you know, so this plan, uh, was canceled and, um, the ones we got, the premiums were probably double. I mean, I think I had like $800, 900 in expenses, uh, as uh, in the, before the ACA within a matter of a few months, maybe a year, those had shot up to, you know, certainly double. And by the time this thing really got going, we were looking at $3,000 a month in premium payments. Um, so, and of course, we lost all of our specialist doctors for, you know, for our kids, um, you know, but we had to pay it, so we did. Um, and then my daughter had the misfortune of being diagnosed with cancer in 2015. And we learned just how expensive this uh, new insurance law can be. Uh, in particular, we also, we discovered the other side of the evil uh, the evil expenses of the Affordable Care Act, and that is the maximum out-of-pocket deductible expenses. Before the ACA, we probably paid what forty-five hundred dollars, maybe at the high end, for a, a family of uh, nine kids and mom and dad. And uh-huh. um, you know, after the ACA goes into effect, it's we're looking at like seventeen thousand dollars, you know, a year. And um, you know, we we would we had a daughter with cancer, eight other kids, plus mom and dad, and we didn't see a penny of insurance money until November of every year and then a reset in January. I'm going to be paying off for years the debt that I incurred under, under the ACA trying to care, take care of my daughter. We also discovered something about the ACA that we didn't, I mean, we realized we, we didn't, couldn't go to our, our fire specialist, but we needed specialist care here. And what we found out is that, you know, the ACA is sold by zip code, and you're basically tied to a very short radius uh, around your zip code for medical facilities. In other words, the ACA has made us medical serfs. We're tied to the land that we live on, we can't even leave it, to save a little girl dying from cancer and we found this out because we tried to take our daughter to johns hopkins which you know, we live in the dc area that's mm-hmm. just up the street and we, and we couldn't make it uh they wouldn't let they wouldn't let us in but things were about to get a lot more than just expensive for us in uh 2017 donald trump um newly elected president sent out a tweet saying you know why are we spending all this money spending these subsidies to the insurance giants for worse care at greater cost and overnight because obamacare permits this the insurance providers in my area decided they were going to pull out of the marketplace.
3: They were going to pull out of the marketplace. Oh, did we lose you? Christopher. Oh, all right. We're going to uh, effort to get Christopher back. Why don't you guys work on that? In the meantime, um, this is what it looks like. This is the kind of failure nobody talks about. Not just the money. That it takes off, but, but the devastation. Well, what the hell?
1: Good is this plan? It it. Are you of-
3: there? I'm sorry, buddy. Are you there?
1: So, you know, in order to get health insurance, I had to close down part of my business and go work for a friend's uh, organization just to get his health insurance. But they were all it was incredibly expensive. We couldn't afford it. Um, we had to raise money from family and friends to help pay for it. Um, the following year, there was a one plan that came back that did cover a hospital. And then in 2020, we got uh, a letter from Anthem, which was then our provider telling us that uh, they weren't going to cover, this is mid-March of 2020, as of April 1, they were not going to cover our daughter at her clinic, where she received the other part of her doctor's uh, doctor care. And so in both cases, I had to turn to the government, which is the author of my problem. I, I mean, I know enough about this law to know that they did this to my kid. Christopher, this Senator is a Warner theme of my show. I turn- in Virginia both times and said, listen, you caused this problem. Before Obamacare, you know, war in Iraq, war in Afghanistan, the meltdown of 2008, I could buy insurance uninterrupted so many plans i didn't know how to choose them except with an insurance broker you guys get in charge and you tie the care of the body to a political process that our framers meant to be contentious i mean by design it's a contentious thing You tie the care of the body to this system well we're we're the we're, this is what happens people people get hurt and so they bullied in both cases the insurance giant back into the marketplace um, and I was considered kind of a hero for doing this. But I, I keep pointing out to people, you know, my successes here are actually failures. This yeah. is not how you're supposed to sell health insurance. I'm a pretty reasonably successful communications guy. I, kind of, I know how to deal with the press. I, I, I deal with politicians, you know, often enough. And, and so I could get these people to pay attention to. Them. But what about the people in the clinic next to my daughter whose parents, you know, these, these kids' parents, they have no idea what's going on. If I hadn't done this, they would also be without coverage. We're, we're in a kind of a Soviet style system where we, the connected and, and educated can get carve outs, which is what I got twice to take care of our daughter, you know, my daughter. But how many carve outs can I possibly get, Sean? I mean, what, five? I mean, what's going to happen? And, um, you know, I was, so I, anyway, my story was sort of circulating in our neighborhood and around town. And so the, the, the Republicans asked me to testify in front of Congress. And, and the subject of the hearing was, well, and we get this question all the time, by the way, from the Democrats. And we're so sorry to hear that your problems are what they are, Mr. Briggs. Wouldn't it be better if we just had single payer? We took this out of the hands of the political <laughs> process. And as I told Congress and I told those staffers who, who told me that, I said, you don't understand. Um, these problems don't go away under single pay. They just gonna get worse. And I said, look, the problem that we had t- twice in three years wasn't so much high prices. They were terrible, and we had to pay them. The problem we face is what those high prices actually mean in a closed economy. Now, in a free market economy, Sean, you know this, yeah. high prices mean you can jump in, another provider could jump in at the same price or lower, deliver the same or better, better services. In a closed economy, those high prices mean something completely different. It means we are on the path to where all closed economies end up, and that's scarcity. Twice in three years, it wasn't high prices, it was that there was no product to buy for my daughter for any amount of money that would save her from dying from cancer. Single payer does not make that go away. Scarcity isn't, wouldn't be accidental and circumstantial as it is in my case. I'm kind of unique, which is why you're having me on here. Or Congress wanted me to testify. I have a unique problem. Yeah. It would become universal. And by that, I mean this. You know, you read about these wait times in Canada and in Britain and in other West countries for cancer screens, 17-week waits. Right? There's a new mm-hmm. story out last week from, uh, from England. They're all worried over there because the National Health Service has said that they they expect a reversal in cancer survivor rates because there aren't enough cancer doctors in England anymore. That is scarcity made institutional. It's made policy. And um, as I told the members of Congress, you know, bad ideas don't get better just because you make them bigger. They get a lot worse.
3: And this is the other side of the coin that nobody talks about. The way in which it has massively increased the cost for the doctor himself to ensure his practice um, so you speak to Congress, you have this conversation and their only answer is would single payer help? Was there not one Congress person, birthing person or other that said maybe, maybe we should alleviate yeah. the regulations that have destroyed the healthcare system?
1: Well, so I was what's I was on what's called a patient panel so there were no questions given to me. Um, so I think that if I, if that had been the case, the Republicans would have, would have piped up. Although I, I'm, I'm a bit of a critic of the Republicans and I, I said this in front of them too. I said, look, I've been beaten up by the Democrats here. Let me give, give you some, some tough medicine too. Um, we are facing the takeover of the human person by authoritarian medicine. That's what we're, I mean, I, I it sounds extreme to some people, but I mean, I'm living it right now. Um, and it's coming to a neighborhood near you and, if that's what we're actually facing, please, when you come into power, take both houses of Congress and maybe get the presidency back at the same time. You know, please, do not yeah. give us any more Paul Ryan style tax cuts. I love tax cuts as much
3: as the next guy. No, but, but it's <laughs> way more. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a subsidy. It's a welfare check of another name. And, the, and, and I'm, I'm very hard on Republicans. I can't stand the vast majority of them. And I will never right. forget, as you're speaking, I'm envisioning that old man who, for a personality conflict, Made sure that we're going to deal with this forever in John McCain, with his moronic, with his moronic wow. hand gesture, that has really hampered us. And I, I and I listen to these Republicans run on this every single cycle. How they're going to rip it out by the root. They get in there, and what they what they don't articulate, and what you can and what you've experienced, is the very corruption in the system itself, which not only enslaves you to it, but guarantees its longevity. When you go before the tribunal of socialists whose one answer is maybe we should expand the very thing that has destroyed the quality of your care. So I, I, I right. find it to be disheartening. Um, but I, I, I'm curious to know, what is the take on it now? What Are you being contacted? Are people asking you, aside from radio shows in Chicago that may be the best show on radio, to come on? What yeah. exactly is the attention you're getting?
1: Well, so the, the, the Republican minority has a problem. They're in the minority. They need to get into the majority before they can do anything. Now, I'm skeptical that if they don't get some new spine, that they'll do actually anything practically. But they, they're they stuck. And so they, they did me, I think, uh, they, did, they did a good service by having me on. So I'm very grateful to them for having me on. Um, and a lot of members, of, particularly in the Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan and, and his team, they really understand this very well, and if it were up to them, I think they would actually do the right thing and, and repeal this. I, you know, I tell this to people all the time who may have forgotten this. There are Democrats who, because of their convictions that this was the right way to go, voted to the ACA, knowing full well that they would never be back in Congress, and they haven't been, and they did it anyway. Uh, name your favorite Republican, but do you think that person, if he was given the proposition that he could solve the health care problem that we now suffer under, the price of it would be never being in Congress again. Do you think that person would take that 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 offer? They wouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's really the problem here is because we don't have the resolve in our ideas in our beliefs that the other side has. And yeah, you know um, you know, before yeah, can I just say one other thing? This is sure. a really important thing. I would, so in, I got to know a lot of healthcare uh, guys on our side who are very good on policy, um, and they one of them called me up and, and said, you know, your problem's way worse than you think. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, your problem is that the ACA is not actually an insurance regime. It's actually a giant scheme, you know, and I would say a giant Ponzi scheme to pay for everyone's medical bills. And this, this fellow said, um, his name is Michael Cannon from the Cato Institute, he said, listen,
2: <laughs>
1: you got sick under a non-insurance regime. Your daughter did. That means she is permanently uninsurable, and here's the logic. She got, you cannot buy auto insurance after the auto accident. She's had that accident. She's permanently uninsurable. And he said, but but the the real problem here is your daughter is not alone. There are millions and millions of people who've gotten sick under the ACA seriously enough that if they were to ever try to go get insurance, real insurance, they would be denied. So in other words, despite the rhetoric of their rhetoric of trying to solve this problem of pre-existing conditions, the left is actually creating a nation of pre-existing conditions. and, And they know this. And all they have to do is wait until the number of uninsurable, Sean, gets so large, you can't repeal this thing. And then they, we we'll be begging for the state to take this over, and they they, they just have to wait this out. So Some the longer the scheme. Republicans take, to, yeah, I mean, the, the, the longer they take, the worse this is going to get, and they just have to wait. We have to do everything on our side,
3: Christopher. Before I let you go, in all of your dealings with the actual provider, with the individual doctors, the individual people you dealt with, yeah. were they as disgusted by this process of a uh, of, uh, of a government takeover as? the patients are
1: so that's i'm glad you asked that actually so the answer is yes and i can't name any names but i'll tell you when we got this letter from a clinic in 20, mid, mid mid-march 2020 threatening that we would be without coverage um under the ACA as of march 1 i called the clinic right away and i said what is this letter and they said we are really glad you called <laughs> and and i said well why so last time you had this in 2017 you made a huge fuss and you know, because of that, we, the politicians managed to browbeat Cigna back into the marketplace to cover this hospital. Eventually, we need you to do it again because we can't. And so, and, and they, they, look, the doctors know that. Uh, look, they're not getting paid as much. They can see what is going. I can tell you, they're they're telling their kids don't go into medicine. There, there's no future here. Um, we, you know, you're you're going to be working in a medical environment that will be similar to what we all experience today. When you go to the post office on four thirty on a Friday afternoon, wait till we deliver health care like that. And then welcome to hell. And we're heading there fast.
3: And you know it's funny you were saying that it makes us serfs. It absolutely does. But the other side who are serfs as well are the actual providers. This is a system that has always failed everywhere it touched. I thought Americans were too smart for that, but every time I see a Democrat they prove me wrong. I want to thank you, Christopher. But before how I, I, and forgive me because i don't know and i'm embarrassed i don't know how is your daughter
1: but thank you for asking her name is colette and she's doing she's been fine so she, the way they, they treat this disease now is they they bash them up pretty badly with chemo for a good three-year period and then they wait and see what happens they stop cold and she's in this five-year period where they wait to see if it comes back if it comes back it'll likely kill her um but so far so good you know we're we're really God grateful bless. and you know, before before I go, let me just say one thing. So I learned also a lot about healthcare from a guy named John Goodman. You may know your listeners may know who he is. He's the father of uh, health savings accounts back in the back in the eighties and 90s.
3: That's what I had. He said,
1: yeah, no, right. And so more innovative ideas by guys like John Goodman. And he, look, there's things the Republicans do if they can't even repeal this thing, but they just have to start doing them. There's plenty of ideas out there. We just don't we just don't pay attention.
3: Christopher, please stay in touch with me and don't. I, I'm going to check in on you. And uh, I wish you the best of luck, because it's going to take people like you putting up the fight against this failed government system that hopefully will make sense one day to uh, politicians who want to be representatives instead of rulers. So thank you so much, Christopher Briggs. I really appreciate you coming on.
9: Thank you. I'm really grateful.
3: Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this.
9: AM 560. The answer.
3: Yes. Old John McCain. John McCain. With that skin dust smell. Thumbs down. You're strapped with Obamacare. Ooh. He was what did they call him? What was he the, he was not a renegade. What what did they call him, the outsider? Maverick. Oh yeah, what a maverick. The maverick strapped you with Obamacare till God knows when. Could have all been removed. So remember, don't run to the Republicans because they're going to run on it again. Believe me when I tell you. In the meantime, it's what? 10% Ten percent that want to rip out the corrupt socialism; the other ninety like to get bribed by Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and the other oligarchs in this country. Craig, Mount Greenwood. Hey,
2: Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I got something else to.
3: This is Charlie Kirk, and you're listening to AM. Hold on, Charlie Kirk wanted to interrupt you. He's, you know, he's a wonderful kid. I love him. He's very smart, but he tends to uh, jump in and disagree with Craig from Mount Greenwood. Back to your point, Craig.
2: All right. But, hey, you just reminded me. I, when you brought up that John McCain, do you know that I had a, like, um, way before all that happened, I had a high regard for that kind of thing. When he did that with that, um, uh, you know, Obamacare and everything, when he took and, like, uh, he put the thumb down and then voted that way and just ruined it for all of us, I thought to myself, what a scumbag, man. I would never think of him highly ever again. Ever since that, it made me realize that guy is just as bad of a scumbag as anybody else that he would do that punish all the American people because he was mad of Trump. What a sissy. So when people said he was a hero, I used to think that way about him. But then when he did that, it changed me totally. I thought, no, you know, you know, hero, you're a, you're a disaster. Anyways, but here's what I wanted to ask you is, um, with this Biden being so demented and everything, everybody knows it. People around the world, um, they're laughing about him, everything. The dumberets know all this and everything yeah. Now they got sort of sucked. They got this diaper do- uh, uh, dimwit and uh, derelict. They got that uh, a.k.a. Uh, chameleon uh, lunch date over there. They don't know what to do. And what is it that you think that they want to happen? Are they leaving it for us to, to, or for, uh, like, Republicans to basically throw him the heck out of there? Do they want him to
3: be thrown out of there? Do they want – I mean, no, you know, they, there's got to be they something love, on they, their plan. Craig, they love this, brother. You know, I come on every day and we talk about the failures. The Democrat mafia views it as a success for the same reason – that they embrace Obamacare. It's within the failure lies their strength to grab more and more power. Notice the answer to Mr. Uh, 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 Briggs was, how about single payer? Isn't that what you need? See, this is exactly on schedule. We're going to discuss that. I went along with you, Craig. But we'll discuss that and more after this. AM
9: 560, the answer.
3: You know, I had uh, Joe Severino on, and I... I'm willing to speak for Joe Severino. That's how confident I am. I believe Joe Severino is against Obamacare. Because you have to be. If you understand not just capitalism, but if you understand Americanism. Because what uh, people are not talking about is how long before the insurance that you think you're getting from Obamacare doesn't cover you if you don't cooperate. With government fascism, how long before Obamacare is null and void if you didn't get their fourth booster? A fourth booster because their so-called AM five sixty vaccine. It likes to remind me during the show. It's all right. It's either Charlie Kirk or the guy with the Batman voice. Um, it's a it's the epitome of control. The epitome of control. So when Christopher told us about the the the. the uh, The people who are serfs, yes, it's true, so are the providers are serfs. And the one in the middle is the government. And the government likes the corruption that failure breeds. It wallows in it. It bribes its constituents. It bribes its participants. Did you know that we are the only one of two countries that pharmaceuticals can advertise directly to consumers? Did you know that? It's true. It does explain, though, why so many of the government policies truly pay off big pharma. It also explains why the FDA would rubber stamp a fourth vaccine rather than talk about all the benefits in monoclonal and ivermectin and all the rest of it. Doesn't want you to have that. It likes the closed mafia system in the same way Obamacare thrives in it. But the FDA has about as much credibility as pickle face Fauci or the CDC. Because what it has been, what it is today, is a corrupt mafia organization.
5: The FDA has many times ensured that high-quality, trustworthy products enter American homes. But an agency that was once fully taxpayer-funded and thus worked only for the American people has now shifted to being largely funded by the very industries it regulates. 45% of the FDA's overall budget now comes from the companies it's reviewing, and 60 That is corruption. 45% of the budget comes from the
3: company it's reviewing. Ta-da! Corruption. Absolute and total. Where's the SEC? Where's the FBI? Where's Congress? Oh, they're all getting rich from this. And then Fauci's wife is in on it. Fauci's in on it. And how long before you're Forced participation in this scheme is the only way you can qualify for insurance. How long before?
5: Five percent of the FDA's budget specifically for human drug regulation comes directly from Big Pharma itself. Researchers at the Yale School of Medicine found that nearly a third of approved drugs between 2001 and 2010 ended up having major safety issues years after the medications were made widely available. The revolving door between the agency and cushy pharma jobs is another area of concern. Researchers found 27 percent of regulators left the FDA to work in high paying pharma jobs.
3: This is a scam, an absolute provable scam. It is a fraud. The idea that the FDA is looking out for the people in this country rather than wielding its power of corruption. To enrich the very participants who are supposed to be looking out for you. It does explain so many of the
5: policies, though. This leads us to wonder if the regulators who are looking out for their own careers are going easy on pharma in order to stay in their good graces for later job opportunities. And speaking of the data, because pharmaceutical companies are paying for the clinical trials, there are many questions regarding the impartiality of the results. Not to mention the barometer is usually a placebo not existing effective drugs. So a company only has to prove that their new, expensive, not eligible to be generic treatment is better than nothing. In fact, a study done by Science found that the 107 physician advisors they looked into, 40 of them had received post hoc earnings or research support to the tune of at least $10,000.
3: It's a payoff. It's a bribe. It's a scam. Or as the Democrats call it, normal. So when you see this, I want you to understand the kind of money. It's not even big money, $10,000. They're selling the people down the river. And it reminds me of today how many people are celebrating the lieutenant governor finally being arrested for bribery charges. And I wonder, will the corporations, the big pharma, the benefactors of government malfeasance, will they too be brought up on charges, why is it they always seem to not only get away with it, but make more money, just like Comad in Illinois?
7: Today we announced that Brian Benjamin, the lieutenant governor of the state of New York, has been indicted for bribery and related offenses. Mr. Benjamin surrendered to law enforcement this morning, and will be presented this afternoon before Magistrate Judge Wang.
3: Well, hopefully Judge Wang isn't a Democrat like so many of the Chicago cook county judges that are in on the table of wisdom llc with ed burke hopefully hopefully there will be some justice done but i couldn't help but remember how not only the democrats run on this altruistic utopia that never seems to be delivered but how benjamin ran himself i mean after all doesn't he sound like all the rest
2: you get equality you get equity you get housing reform. you get climate change you get education
3: all institutions that pay off to the very political whores that enrich them. It's all like the FDA just name every single entity, every single institute. This is a this is a bribery scheme. It's a money laundering organization. It's not a government anymore.
2: You get public safety and you get tolerance. You get criminal justice reform. Harlem is the birthplace of criminal justice reform when you talk about what we need to be doing in this state. That is what Democrats do when you elect Democrats.
3: Yeah, that's what they do. You know what else they do? They destroy the quality of life for those not in on the mafia. There
4: is a new report, apparently, about the difference between how red states and blue states handled COVID and who did a better job. No
5: kidding. And blue states getting a failing grade when it came to their response on the COVID pandemic. A new study finding that New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois, which had the harshest lockdowns, remember, had the worst death death rates. They ruined education for kids, and they destroyed businesses. While Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, and Florida, some of the states that got very high marks.
3: And their constituents are so corrupted because they're so used to being willing serfs and slaves, they can't wait to vote for more Democrats, more welfare. And then there is the cohorts, the Republicans, who would run a candidate who voted for Joe Biden as a Republican alternative for governor. That's a system, brother. That'll make, too bad Sam Giancana's dead. I'd like to see that fish face smile he used to get when a scam was really cooking and his pockets were getting lined. It reminds me of the average elected Democrat.
7: This is a simple story of corruption. We allege that Benjamin struck a corrupt bargain with a real estate developer referred to in the indictment as CC1. Ooh,
3: I wonder if it's like Tony Rescoe. I wonder if he's greasy looking like Tony Rescoe and his offspring. I wonder if he threw $5,000 a plate fundraisers like the developer in Winnetka for little Lori Lightfoot in her man costume.
7: Benjamin allegedly directed a $50,000 state grant to a nonprofit organization controlled by CC1. And in exchange, Benjamin received tens of thousands of dollars of campaign contributions from CC1.
3: You know, I think that's the part that irritates me. Not only are they provable whores, they're cheap whores. They're selling down their neighborhoods for small money. They don't even have the dignity to shoot high.
7: Those contributions were directed both to Benjamin's state senate campaign committee and to Benjamin's New York City comptroller campaign. Taxpayer money for campaign contributions. Quid pro quo. This for
3: that. Or as Democrats call it, politics. 312-642-5600. I'll be back.
9: AM560, the answer.
3: I think what else aggravates me is how much of our country provides services that shouldn't be provided to people who shouldn't receive it. It's really quite simple. All of it can be fixed Immediately literally immediately if you just implement simple common sense principles americanism but instead it's the turmoil that seems to pay off it's the democrats that openly openly run as phony conservatives or as not socialists or not marxists that have now seized power jamie raskin is somebody you see as an up-and-comer in the democrat party pete Buttigieg. Qualified for absolutely nothing. What do they all share? Parents, just like our very own Nooner Harris, who were Marxists, professors, and really the example of an infiltrated system in this country. And now they are in the levers of power. So when I play these stories and you hear them talk among their
6: fundraisers. And I've done that the entire time, running on core progressive values that were once considered too left to run in the Democratic mainstream back in 2016, if any of you remember my first race. We didn't have, you know, barely gas money in that first race.
3: And this is the trick, and by the way, he won. And this is the trick that normalizes such radical socialist agendas like Obamacare, like the idea of what Joe Biden promotes to fix the system he broke, more subsidies for ethanol, more subsidies for the American people, whether they be, Subsidies in college tuition, whether they be subsidies in the Obamacare that they still somehow champion rather than fix the issue, which is simple to fix. It's obvious in the states that implement Americanism and capitalism and fight off the Democrat philosophies. It should be simple to fight everywhere, but they're outflanking us on their future elections because they're normalizing the way in which Joe Biden took office,
2: all right, through here.
7: So, just everything—drug everything. traffickers, everything, human trafficking. What is your worst fear?
4: The folks, uh, people coming in that we
1: don't know, we have no idea who they are. There's, we get prisoners, and, you know, folks that just got out of prison, sex offenders, murderers, and uh,
4: no idea.
3: You get voters. Those are voters, and those are voters who are going to cozy up to the democrat socialist agenda the democrat socialist philosophy this is how they're going to usurp offices it's specifically in blue states but moreover now across the nation because we're losing the simple argument when you can have joe biden come out and tell you what he's going to do to fix it is exactly the problem that broke it it is something that unfortunately has become commonplace
4: i grew up in a family not a joke where if the price of a gallon of gasoline went up, it was a conversation at our kitchen table. It mattered. So what does that conversation entail?
3: What does that conversation entail in an American Democrat, non-communist table today, non-communist household today? Do they not see the very problem is the people that they put into office? Darius, Southside.
6: Yeah, as bad as they are, they are bad. I'm a Democratic Party, but... uh I mean, Republican Party, as bad as they are, they seem to be uh, twice as worse. I mean, uh, what do they ever do about Obamacare or to come up with a system that's better or, or a You know, I, Darius, I and, and what,
3: you're right. What have they
6: done?
3: You're right, because you know what, Darius? They forgot to remind people, the American citizens, the kind of health care we had prior to Obamacare. And I'm wondering, would you think that the most Americans can even remember it now, Darius?
6: I certainly can. And it's Obamacare. Like you said, if it 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 got any worse, I don't I don't know how we can even call health care even something that we can we can obtain as bad as it is.
3: How many people are aware that we've lost 50 percent of the health care providers, 50 percent doctors? Fifty percent of hospitals. Instead, it seems to be the failure that they're going to run on. And the problem I have is they have a better slogan because they keep promising this utopia. They keep promising this paradise that we never seem to get to. And unfortunately, we are from a place like Chicago, Illinois, that no matter how bad the Democrat is, no matter how obvious the corruption, they seem to win every election. And that's the part that's nauseous. That's the part that's sickening to me, because ultimately what it does is destroy the quality of life for you, for me and everybody who unfortunately lives in this. So I hope, Darius, that people in the Republican Party can articulate that the actual cure is what was before this implementation of these bad policies. I hope they do. I'm, I, I hope that they can articulate to Democrats who are so used to living in failure that there is a better way, and it's simple. It's to vote out the don't Democrat Party. The yeah. Thank you very much, Darius. I, I appreciate well, the, I appreciate the call very much. Johnny, Michigan City. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, a lot of things you're
1: covering, but they all lead to the same thing about corruption. They were, I I saw a movie, uh, I mean, I saw it probably, I'm 58 years old. I saw the movie about 30, 40 years ago, and then I saw it about 10 years ago, and they were talking about how, they were back in uh, Europe, uh, as far as I remember, and they were saying, did, yeah, listen, yeah. Hey, don't worry about the Americans. They're corrupted. So how long have Americans been corrupted,
3: sir? I'm going to say since after the Depression, we could really trace it back to it. That's an interesting topic. We'll discuss that in more. Ralph and Rantoul, hang on. It's going to be a long break, but we'll be back after this.
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks
2: like
3: I have this saying that uh, you've all heard me say. You're either in on the scam or too stupid to see it. The economics of socialism, the economics of Marxism, the reason that these nations fail and that life in these third-world hellholes is so poor is that it doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. What made America a superpower? It seems that, uh, you know, Darius made me think, people forget is that the ordinary man had put property over his life, that he could enrich himself and therefore create an economy that was not government-funded. See, this is the problem. The Democrats don't understand this theory. They're under the impression they're rich. You see it in Joe Biden. He doesn't understand the first thing about an economy. He's simply a political whore who has gone his entire life being bribed to misappropriate funds. So here he is in the big show, and all he knows how to do is misappropriate funds. They do not have the answer. But the problem is this Ponzi scheme is very notable. It's very obvious. In a country that touts itself to be the richest, it's broke. You could call it inflation. It's really the fact that the currency isn't worth as much. The products are harder to get for a litany of different reasons. But the reality is they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they've got to put lipstick on a pig which is going to lead me to my Vice President Harris clip from just a few hours ago, not even, an hour ago. She is the only place this kind of lie sells in front of unions, in front of the notable municipal unions, the SEIU, UAW, and all the rest of these scam artists. Sorry, it's just a fact, Jack. Those organizations not only are a fraud, but they've destroyed every entity they've ever worked in. So she's in front of a friendly crowd. And this is why I want the impeachment of Joe Biden so much, not just because he's obviously the most compromised, the most corrupt president this country's ever seen, unquestionably. And that's saying something. His number two is so unlikable, not even union thugs, union mafia members can tolerate her stupidity. Now, as you hear this clip, I want you to remember she is the daughter of a Stanford economics professor who touts himself. As a Marxist economics professor, I don't know what that means, because Marxism is bankrupt. But the more I think about our current circumstance, so are we.
5: That unlike for some of us, the thing of Encyclopedia Britannica is a thing of a long time ago. And now the kids need to be online to help get their homework done.
3: Oh, you can't get her in fast enough for me. I mean, you can't get this son of a gun in front of a camera more for me.
5: Broadband wire, why do we care about that? We're going to lay it across the country. Because we know that our seniors might need the benefit of telemedicine if it's too far to get to a hospital. Our small business...
3: Wait a minute, wait a minute. You slipped that in. What do you mean? What the hell is telemedicine? You mean uh, I'm dying and I can log on? I need some telemedicine. Telemedicine is Obamacare for the future. That's what you're going to get with Obamacare. Telemedicine. Where some child who pretends to be a doctor tells you to stick a thermometer in your Durban.
5: Owners need access to high-speed broadband to run those small businesses that are part of what fuels America's economy.
3: See, we didn't need their help. Broadband didn't need their help. Broadband went where it was needed, went where it could make money. In fact, it became one of the wealthiest industries, and then it learned something very important. You have to corrupt the politician so you can keep some of your own money, because what they've managed to do is call it a subsidy when they let them keep their own money when they're corporations who bribe politicians. But more importantly, they get these new contracts. These new contracts of the Marxist economics, which is absolutely and unequivocally a failure. And all they need to do is find a Trojan horse to sweep it in. And that's what you're seeing in Ukraine.
1: We were covering inflation long before Putin invaded Ukraine. Inflation in the United States in the last year
3: is preceded this attack uh, and some inflation can be traced to when joe biden usurped the most powerful office in the country it started on that day 81 actions executive orders when did a president obtain this kind of power and why have so many republicans abused it rather than eliminated it because that's what we're in we're in a game of executive actions executive orders executive orders that was originally intended for army supplies that now unfortunately has changed the course of our economy and the nation's principles in the same day a dimwit is sworn into office who is surrounded by Marxists like his vice president and the upper echelon of the Democrat mafia.
0: People hear the president and the White House blaming all of this on Putin and think that's just not accurate, that's just not factual.
3: But unfortunately, people become so brawbeat that what they're looking for is more of a handout than a principle to reinstate what built this country's strength. It wasn't politicians telling people what to pay their employees. It wasn't government directing money into scams. It was the lack of government in your life. It's how certain states are still run. It's what makes them better. It's what should eliminate the idea that there would ever be a Democrat in office ever again. Because the reality is we are going to experience a kind of third world living that we can only imagine. How many people are talking about food prices and the cure that Joe Biden touts today and the continued devastation to food prices that it will definitely deliver.
1: But inside the core, Joe, six
3: and a
8: half percent, a couple areas, uh, energy up 11 percent, uh, uh Food up 1%, doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a lot. You're
3: 8.8% on food year over year. That's huge. That's 10% of base food prices. Restaurants are going to f- go out of business. We've only kept them alive because we've allowed government to funnel money places that it wasn't originally needed. And what happens when you hand out money, more and more people take it. It's just the way in which things are going. And then there's the other problem. So many things we've already subsidized. What kept the airline business alive after the COVID shutdown was welfare. It was charity. How are they ever going to pay it back when you're seeing their prices skyrocket on top of it? Tonight, some airlines say they're cutting flights this summer to limit chaos at airports after yet another
2: weekend packed with cancellations for JetBlue and Spirit. More than 600 canceled flights. JetBlue now cutting at least 8 to 10 percent of flights during the busy summer
1: travel period. Alaska Airlines, about 2 percent, in part because of pilot shortages. This, as experts say, the average airfare jumped by 40 percent since the start of the year
2: and will rise another 10 percent by the end of May. out of demand from travelers who have not been able to travel the last two spring and summer seasons. And the second factor is jet fuel.
8: In fact, jet fuel prices are also up 40
3: percent since the beginning of the year, 76 percent since this time last year. 76 percent in a year. I wonder if ethanol will help. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how those jets <laughs> are on alcohol. I wonder how it's going to work. Because the reality is they should be thrown out of office on the reality of what they deliver. From the small municipalities that were once great cities like Chicago all the way to the states like once great states like Illinois, New York, New Jersey. All states people flee from. All not because of happenstance. This isn't happenstance. This is policy. And until you understand that, they're going to tout their achievements. The president who hired the most jobs in the first year. Because the economy was shut down, and the plan worked. We're looking at this through the eyes of success as we Americans, those people steeped in the principles of freedom. The way we view it, it's a failure. The way the Democrats view it, it's an absolute and total success. And when they face, ultimately, the next election cycle... Secondly, we're in a situation
4: where we have put together... And you guys did, did it for our administ- the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive
3: voter fraud organization. In- yeah, it's called the Democrat Party. Ballot harvesting, that's what's on the ballot. And now in the meantime, rather than talk about anything, they're going to blame Vladimir Putin. And when all else fails, the closer we get to this election... It's why when you turn on the news tonight, you'll see about January 6th, you'll see Liz Cheney in her, in her thigh rash or little Adam Kinzinger, the prime example of an Illinois Republican.
0: And is there a way to maybe save the House? Most people don't think there is. But the strategy that people are kind of thinking about now, and it's, it's driven not just by the left, but by anybody who's in danger, is we're going to have these 1-6 committee hearings. Donald Trump's going to be in the spotlight. He was the reason, he was on the ballot in 2018 when we had massive turnout that helped Democrat, that blue wave. It was because we nationalized the elections and made it about fear of
3: Trump. Let's take Donald Trump. That's the game. Because people of all races, of all religions, of all genders, understand what the Democrats deliver. Failure and corruption. It's obvious. What will keep them in office is the character that would rather turn to something for nothing.
2: Didn't you wonder why you were getting checks for doing absolutely nothing? I figured because the Democrats were in power again. Bingo.
3: Mark Oaklawn.
8: Hi, Ron. How are you? Good, buddy. Hey, thanks for taking my call. i tell you, you, you really opened up my eyes about that FDA. I never knew that, uh, you know, how they're so corrupt and they're taking, oh. uh, they're funded by 45% by this big fireman's funding. And they're supposed to be the watchdog. Exactly. It's, it's really ridiculous. It does explain why they all become scam, right?
3: millionaires. All the bureaucrats become millionaires. It does explain why they hold on to those positions. I mean, after all, they're gods among men. And it does explain why there's no question asked when Pfizer says we're going to release the data from our trial in 75 fracking years. In the meantime, we cut a trillion dollar check to the big pharma's.
8: Yeah, and I tell you, all those poor saps that got vaccined, I feel for them. You know, that went out and got the jab. The people you know, who were
3: forced to just, the people with the ringing in their ears and the swollen hearts. Yeah, and the well, Jimmy I wasn't
8: league. gonna. I'd rather. I'd rather quit. I'd quit my job. I wouldn't. Uh, there's no way I'd ever get something like that. You can't. You know, there's a there's a columnist back on uh, in the day, Robert Novak. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I
3: I do remember and, seeing that name. Yes.
8: And and he used to say, you know, love your country, don't trust your government, and he's so spot on. And and you know you know who you have to watch out for, Sean, are the Republicans, because oh. you know what. They like being number two. And you look at, look at uh, when Biden got elected at his inauguration, George, George Bush was running up to James Clyburn, and he was on a hot mic, and he was caught saying, you're our savior. Exactly. You know, without you and your endorsement in South Carolina, Joe doesn't get elected. We love you. And, and guys like that, you know, they, they hide behind bushes, you know, the, the, the skull and bones, the secret societies. Yeah. You don't know what they're thinking.
3: Mark, I love the comments. You're exactly right. And it's why the one question you ask anybody running for office is who did you support in 2020? When they stammer and they can't answer, they're Richard Irving, also known as a scumbag fraud. 312-642-5600. Rob, Dave, Al, Phyllis, I will take all your calls. We have two lines open. Give us a call if you care to participate.
9: AM560, the answer.
3: You know what's sickening? Sickening. The head of... Thomson Reuters, the news organization, also set on the board at Pfizer. This is so systemically corrupt. I mean, until we get some adults in this room, until we get some standards, you're going to get more of this bull dung. Sickening. Every one of these idiots thrown out by their collar. Dave Downersgrove.
8: Yeah, Sean. I, first off, I want to say something about that vaccine. Uh, there's a there's a woman, Naomi Wolf. She's got a team of lawyers and people going over those papers, and they've already found that there's evidence that Pfizer knew that vaccine wasn't effective. Of
3: course, they did. Four
8: months after they
3: first
5: issued.
3: That's yeah. what Ron Johnson was pulling no, out there. for the last year. Ron Johnson had Senate hearings and was ignored by the media. Tens of thousands of people from the Jimmy Leg, enlarged hearts. You name it, they got it. Ringing in the ears and then the, what I call the Democrat side effect, Bell's palsy, which half their women could use. Go ahead.
8: Yeah, well, the reason I called was, you know, I've always watched oil prices. So I don't know why. I just wanted to know when the cheapest time to buy my gas. But Biden created that oil increase. I think I even called you a year ago. Yeah. You know, yeah it was going to cause a lot of price increases because of transportation. But this ethanol that he wants to do, it's going to cause problems with cars. It's going to lower their gas mileage because ethanol is not as efficient as gas. I mean, it's not going to do anything to the price of
3: oil. But what it's going to do to the price of food is increase it. Because every time the ethanol demands by government increase on the use of gas, the price of food goes up. Corn is the base product to feed everything not to mention all of the other products it's in. It is the dumbest policy, also known as the Biden policy. It's disgraceful. And sooner or later, when prices get high enough, the government will not be able to run that shell game. Although, Dave, I thought that with Obamacare, and here we are. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Verlon, Southside. Yes, yeah, Sean. How are we going to get corruption out of the government
8: when these government entities are insulated? The FBI, the CIA, Department of Education, the EPA, Department of Energy. How are you? It was six presidents, okay, that tried to get rid of corruption in the government, and they all failed. I only knew of two, two of, them of them. got them, killed. John F. Kennedy. I uh-huh. know uh, two of them got killed. I only knew of John F. Kennedy that tried, and Nixon, and now Trump. Uh, well, Nixon, no, 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 no.
3: Trump no. that took off. Nixon did not try to eliminate. He tried, and he did expand. The EPA is an executive order by Nixon. Congress did not create the EPA. Also, same thing with OSHA. The Department of Education was Nixon's dream. It was Carter that signed the law. Nixon will go down as the worst president. Of course, who knows with the way propaganda is written. By the time it's over, next thing you know, he'll be one of the best people on the earth. Who knows? What you do know is that you have a pathological government. What we can figure out is that there are kids out there, there are people of all races, of all genders, that are sick and tired of the obvious corruption. And in that failure, in that obvious corruption, lies our hope. And we'll see this election cycle, how many people tolerate ballot harvesting. Thank you, Verlon. You know I appreciate the call. Tom in Elmhurst. Hey,
1: Sean. I, I'm an informed voter, um, and I know really nothing
2: about Richard Irvin. I see his commercials, and I don't believe him. Can you give us the real scoop?
3: All you have to do is look at the video when Richard Irving was asked, who did you support in 2020? Richard Irving is another fraud Republican who votes with the Democrats, who profits with the Democrats, who enjoys that second place. Richard Irving is everything wrong in not just the Illinois Republican Party, but the Republican Party in general. Not only that, he touts the fact that he was able to be bought and paid for by Ken Griffin. He exposed that, and all the money bundlers in the GOP love it. And they use that corrupt money to threaten honest Republicans from running by using that money against other Republicans. If you like the way Republicans like Mitch McConnell, like Mitt Romney, like Adam Kinzinger govern, then you like Richard Irving. The question really is, Tom, are people so desperate and so lazy as to buy the commercials that Ken Griffin's money bought rather than simply look at one question? Who did you vote for in 2020? Because Richard Irving voted... For Joe Biden, which disqualifies him as any candidate uh-huh. in the Republican Party. Simple. That's how I view it. Tell your and friends. I, I
1: heard a rumor. I heard a rumor that um, he was um, asked to come on your station and uh, interview, and he refused. Is that true?
3: I have no idea. I wouldn't ask him. I don't have Democrats on. What do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank uh, you very John, much. I see. You know, thanks. the other thing too, Tom, is I'm I'm using the evidence of his interview. With ABC News against him, who did you vote for in 2020? He wouldn't answer the question, which means he voted Uh, for Joe Biden and doesn't have the courage to say it. At that point, you're done. You're over with. Because if you voted for Joe Biden, and I understand some people are not economically savvy, all you had to do was read about who Joe Biden is. He's not only a corrupt senator from Delaware, the state that was organized for corporatism, but he is somebody who has been tied to political corruption for 50 years. In 1982, he bought the DuPont mansion. On a senator's salary, how did he do it? He has a real estate fortune that's valued at about 35 to $45 million, yet he can't provide any receipts for all the work that's done. He is an apparatchik of communist China, of the Ukraine, of Russia, and numerous third-world countries that have been bribing the crime family through his brother and sister, even before his crack-smoking son could be a bagman. man. It's obvious that the worst president, the worst candidate, is not just somebody who's been wrong for 50 years of foreign policy and a war criminal himself, somebody who supported all of the American atrocities that have been committed from the Middle East to South America and the rest of it. But he's somebody who is obviously bought and paid for. Thank you, Tom, for the call. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. <laughs>
9: AM 560, The Answer.
0: Catch Carl Jackson tonight at 7, right before Jay Seculo at 9, on AM 560, The Answer.
3: What a great song. Reminds me of a better time. You know, I ended yesterday's show and we talked about the choir teacher in Aurora. I also had mentioned in 2019... Teachers, staff, sexually abused groomed students at Logan Square School. CPS CEO Pedro Martinez at the time said we were, there's not more than a dozen students who were victims. That seems to be a lot to me. We've got a real problem in this country. I logged on to offthepress.com, three-time Super Bowl champion running for school board, 11-year NFL veteran, and three-time Super Bowl champion Matt Light announced he's running for a seat at the Fox Bureau, Massachusetts school board. After seeing what his children have gone through in the public school system, he doesn't like the idea they're being sexualized. We now have a Supreme Court justice who's friendly to those who traffic in child porn. It seems to be an ongoing theme. David Mamet, playwright, is in Hot Water. Why?
6: But We we have to take back control. If there's no community control of the schools, uh, what we have is... um Kids being not only indoctrinated, but, but groomed uh, in a very real sense by people who are, whether they know it or not, sexual predators. Are they- and the thing is, there
3: is a turmoil, so much so that Disney is involved. They're exposing themselves to be what they are, social engineers. And what is the big beef? The beef is that there are states, not just Florida anymore, who are implementing safety precautions to protect children preschoolers, first graders, second graders and third graders from the kind of abuse that somehow gets swept into what? Just uh, the, uh, the place where offenses go to die in public opinion.
5: Nine o'clock, a former choir teacher in Aurora is accused of having sexual contact with a student. Forty two year old Nathan Branstead is facing multiple counts of criminal
3: sexual assault. Prosecut- so my answer was to pull your kids out of the school. And that's primarily based in the fact that the name of your child on a, on a roster in the sewer of Chicago provides $28,000 to the corruption known as the Chicago Public Teachers Union. I don't like it. I like the idea we could break it. I understand it. And, you know, I appreciate guys like Matt Light, guys like David Mammon. I get it. But ultimately, do we have the time to wait for people to win? 312 642 5600. Do we have the time to wait? for school board elections. Do we have faith in the election system anymore? I don't.
6: They're abusing the kids uh, physically? No, I don't think so. But they're abusing them mentally and and using um, sex to do so. This has always been the problem with education, is that teachers are uh, inclined, particularly men, because men are predators, to uh, pedophilia. And that's why there were strict um, community strictures about it. Thank God. So this started to break down when the school said, you know what? We have to teach the kids about sex. Why? Because what if they don't do it at home? This is
3: So David Mamet has less of a future in Hollywood than Will Smith does, that's for sure, because he said the quiet part out loud. This is what we discuss, the quiet part out loud. Honey Bunny was able to find a clip on Dr. Phil, who was made famous by Oprah.
4: But my JJ is painting.
3: That, that Oprah right there. She found a clip of Dr. Phil discussing this kind of perversion openly.
1: That's got nothing to do with the reality. So you can feel however you want. I mean, I could sit here and say
3: that I feel like a tomato. It's actually Dr. Phil's guest who was articulating the idea that we have capitulated to the delusions of the perverse. But that doesn't mean they're actually in those things. So your, your self-perception,
0: you can have whatever self-perception you want, but you can't expect me to take part in that self-perception or to take part in this kind of charade, this theatrical production,
3: you don't get your own pronouns, just like you don't get your own prepositions or your own, your own adjectives. You know, it- but this is something that kids should not face, in my opinion. This is something that should be dealt with in the adult world where I truly believe anything goes. You want to dress in somebody else's attire? I mean, after all, it could get you elected to the mayor of Chicago. Go ahead. I don't have a problem with that. But the idea that we're doing this in schools is the problem the idea that we are doing this has not just the, the obvious problem it has the other problem where it is breaking the parent child relationship and turning it over to the kind of ch- the kind of teachers the kind of strangers that can normalize something as ridiculous
6: as i'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well so when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100 percent correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess.
3: No, no, no. The doctor isn't guessing. It's not just the three piece set between the legs. It's the chromosomes. It's the chromosomes. The idea that we would expose... That's a teacher, by the way. This is a teacher explaining this to kids. At that moment, the deal's off. I want the money back. I want you to stay away from my kids. I'm not the only one. There's millions, tens of millions. And I don't have time to wait for school board elections. Mark, Highland, Indiana.
8: Yes,
6: hello. Hi. Uh, Here's my thing. There's a lot of kids that are very savvy, very wise... And they know that if they come out and say, this guy touched me, this teacher touched me, they're screwed, basically.
3: So you're saying that it could be a false accusation. and, and, and... Very, very much so. Okay, but then let's have an investigative process. But to have the kind of system where the president, CEO of the Chicago Public Schools, can say it's no more than a dozen, not give us any specifics, and not tell us how the investigation went, and be able to even excuse the pedophiles rather than prosecute them in a Democrat system that really doesn't like to prosecute sexual predators anyway.
6: i, I definitely thi- say to investigate it. I mean, I'm not saying don't investigate it, but kids are pretty savvy nowadays, and they know how to get back at maybe teachers they don't like, teachers that are too... Uh... That's a far
3: bridge, though. That's a far bridge, Mark. And here's the other thing. If you're willing, I, I, like I said, investigate each case. But if you're going into the accusation like that, how many choir che- teachers from Elgin do you let slip through the system?
6: I say kill them all. <laughs>
3: well, there's, well, we don't want to take the cowboy approach. 312 642 5600. Let's not take the cowboy approach, but I do want to hear from you after this. Wow! AM
9: 560. The answer.
3: All right, we had Marsha, a teacher who dropped off. Let's go to Carrie, Crown Point. How are you doing, Sean? How are you? I had
8: taught first grade for 10 years, I've taught third grade for two years. Little children, it's hard enough to teach them reading, writing, and math and to act morally right. I have gay relatives. They would never try to do this agenda. My gay friends and relatives would never try to teach my five year old. This garbage they're trying to do in schools, and we got to fight back.
3: I agree, Carrie. You know, I I, uh, I sell real estate. I also, you know, I have I have three businesses: this real estate, and I have another investment. I just dealt with a seller on the other side who was a wonderful guy, wonderful guy, and we started talking politics. We were waiting for my clients to show up, and we started talking. He couldn't have agreed more. And then, you know, midway through the conversation, he tells me I'm gay. That doesn't bother me or have any bearing on right and wrong. He knew that. The position of excluding our young children from the kind of indoctrination into a proclivity is the best thing. Not to mention, he, he articulated in our conversation, what kind of wedge it does drive between parents and kids. Because teachers actually have a lot Absolutely. of power. Kids love you. And right, in, 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 in some cases, rightfully so. And something you say can create a divide in the family where they no longer are viewing the parent as the one that should give them the answers or give them the idea of right and wrong, but they're viewing a stranger as that. And these are dangerous grounds. But doesn't it, Kerry, explain so many of the problems that America is facing now? Absolutely. And the other problem is a lot of these kids, they're wasting time hearing stuff
8: and not learning real learning like reading, writing, and math. They can't learn. And then they can't become the doctors and the good police officers, and the smart business
3: people we need to move our nation forward. Love it, Kerry. Thank you so much for the call. It does have uh, certain side effects. I have a theory. My theory is that 90% of Democrat voters cannot pass a Constitution test. I stick by that. Timothy, Loop. Hi. Hi. Um, Yeah, I'd say um, don't wait. Pull the
1: kids out if you can. Not everybody can do that. If you can, pull the kids out. In the meantime, we've got to fight like lions and tigers.
3: I agree, get these Timothy. people off
1: the school boards. Get them out of the libraries.
3: You know, though, Timothy, one thing I think about the answers that we now have in the palm of our hands, we have the Internet, how much easier it would be to get information, to join homeschooling organizations, and to really protect your kid from the kind of society that's going to horrify you on the news. Thank you, Timothy. Stay safe in the loop. You're welcome. Yeah. Have a great th- day. You too. I still think we should come out with that Kevlar from GMC where your car is bulletproof, you know, for the Democrat areas. Bill Warrenville.
2: Hey, that, that teacher at Matea Valley
1: made a really bad mistake by
2: doing these
1: crimes. And I won't say that it's mistakes. These are criminal activities. And he yeah. did it in DuPage County. Bad thing for him is our state's attorney,
2: Bob Berlin, the greatest state's attorney in the in the state, is going to prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law.
3: Well, isn't that a shame that um, your kid is only protected if you're not in Cook County? I mean, isn't that a testimony to a major problem when prosecutors are no longer prosecuting crimes, but they're specifically abusing the power that people have entrusted them with? and that have elected them to. It's a sad state of affair bill because how many of the kids that are harmed in CPS have no recourse under a Democrat social engineering philosophy that thinks it's more important to protect the predators than it is to stand up for the victims? That explains a lot of our problems. It also is the description and resume of Kim Fox, who in the sewer of Chicago probably has quite the bright future. Because for some reason, we've allowed right and wrong to be politicized. So much so to even something as basic as harming our children. It is a basic principle that we need to stand up for. And I still think it's great to run for these boards. But in the meantime, neuter their pocket by pulling your kid out of the school. I'll be back in 21 hours.